Frank, tomorrow, March 29th, 2022, we are recording episode 300. Oh my God. <laughs> live, live. Oh my God, live. What are we doing? This is insane. We haven't done a live one in a long, long time, James. This is six years in the works. (laughs) (laughs) Six years? Wow. (laughs) Yes. You know, 300 was scary, but now that you said six years, that's even scarier. Thank you, everyone, for listening. (laughs) Yes. And I think we're about to make a big request of everyone also. Yes, you have one more day, literally, because (laughs) we're going to be doing this. You will find a link in the show notes below to the YouTube live stream page. You can schedule it. You can get on there. You can do this stuff. You can also go watch it live later as well. You can join in. You come chat us. It's going to be at 5 p.m. Pacific time on the 29th of March, 2022. And we're asking you to send us a clip. We have the capabilities of playing back clips, video or audio. Video would be preferred to make my life a lot easier. Else, if it's audio, we'll totally get it in there, too. Let us know what your favorite episode was. You know, have a question for us. Ask us live. Your voice, your face could be on a Merge Conflict episode. So thousands upon thousands of millions of our listeners send us an email, hit us up on Twitter or do whatever you want to reach out to us in any way and send us a file somewhere on the Internet and we will download it and we'll put it in the show. Yeah. And this is perfect timing because all programmers are procrastinators. So I'm sure everyone was just waiting to this moment to get it done. (laughs) So, yep, you have one more day. Um. But even if you can't record one, we totally get it. Uh, We'll hope you still just join us to watch the show and take part in the chat room. I'm sure we'll have a chat room and everything, too. And it's just going to be a fun hangout session. We'll try not to let it get too off the handle. No, we won't. It'll be, we'll have a topic, we'll have a thing, we'll do some stuff. But we love for all of you. Are we going to have a timer for the lightning rounds? Yeah. Yeah. That'll keep us focused. Yeah. I think so. I got to figure out how to do that now. Okay. Well, I know what I'm doing this weekend. <laughs> All right. Well, I put out a tweet, Frank, that I thought was highly, highly entertaining, <laughs> um, which is ended up becoming episode 299. I couldn't, I couldn't honestly think of a crescendo up to, to episode 300. Then going back to where you and I started, Frank. Oh, good call. Yeah, that's true. Well, I mean, Technically, we started on settings, but I think I was introduced to you as, hi, this is Frank Krueger. Uh, he wrote a SQL light thing. I believe that was our formal introduction to each other. <laughs> and then I was like, Krueger of Krueger Systems, Inc., the person that has copyrights all over my source code because I use <laughs> SQLite-net everywhere in my applications. That Frank Krueger, what? And then you're like, yeah, that's me. Ha <laughs> Let's talk about settings for the rest of the night. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm impressed that you read the uh, license, but I guess it was right at the top. You just can't avoid it. (laughs) No, that was back in the day. It was it was just a file inside of your source. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it started out on an uh, an email group back when I used to do email. So we just had a big mailing list, and I actually posted it to the mailing list, and I actually did that for a couple versions. And then people are like, "Frank, have you heard of this thing called source control?" (laughs) Yeah, and you're like. what? Nope. Why would I need that nope. ever? I have Dropbox. <laughs> yeah. And actually, it started out on uh, Google Code. And yeah, so talk about picking the wrong horse in that race. Uh, well, uh, yeah, thanks to Kush, uh, we got it over to GitHub. Yep. And it's there. And then I use it and I still use it every single day. And I found a little 
surprise in <laughs> my telesense, an Easter egg, if you will, Frank talking to me through the comments, which I enjoy. So let me set up the scenario here for everybody, because you might also be living in this scenario that I am currently living in myself. So Frank, I have an application. It's called My Cadence. I don't know if you've heard about it um, at all. Uh, I don't know, but I assume it probably just displays a number. And if you're lucky, a graph. Yes, that is correct. It literally oh, displays nailed it. Nailed it. Sev- several numbers <laughs> oh. as well, actually. And, and they, they're they all moving in real time. Every second they change. Uh, and, so, so this is my, my biking application that I've talked about five billion times. And, and I love building apps because we get to talk about real things that I encounter and you encounter. It's important that our subjects stay grounded. Like yeah. we could sit here and architect astronaut all the time, but at some point you got to update a number every one second and you got to make some critical decisions on how that number is going to get updated on the display <laughs> and perhaps dare it recorded to a database. <laughs> this is very true. So earlier this year, last year, late last year, I added new features into my app that would take your ride and store it into a database, a SQLite database, if you will. And and we talked about different ways of storing the data and things like this. And I settled on a nice format and uh, the users that upgrade can then look at their history. Uh, and, and if they if they upgrade later, all their history is still there, because why not just save it into the database anyways? <laughs> not hurting anybody like to just put it there. It's a nice surprise if they upgrade all your data is there. Wow. Yeah. Ooh, in fact, a great and- promotion is be like, hey. Just want to let you know you've written 45 times. Do you want to see your sweet data with charts and graphs and infos? Right. Man, I got to put that in my app. Wow, a little smart. bit grayed out or something mm. like that. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so have you done measurements? Do you know roughly kilobytes per, I don't know, let's say an hour? How, how long does uh, someone use it? You're at? Uh, ooh, I think the, I, I mean, I don't have metrics or analytics, but at least for me, I would imagine the normal rides around 30 okay. minutes yeah. or so. Mm-hmm. And then is that like a hundred kilobytes or is that like a megabyte of database? Oh, no. no, it's pretty small, I would say yeah. overall. What I what I do is I do timestamping. So the default is to take a average reading of the number every five seconds, mm-hmm. which is just an integer uh, in an array. Okay. An average one, like a moving window or something like that. Correct. Because Plotting every single second onto it doesn't change oh, yeah. that often. You know, you don't really get a smooth graph. So I wanted to smooth it out. So I defaulted there. So I think it's relatively small. If I looked mm-hmm. at my I I just put was putting in a feature currently today, which is or this week, which was exporting the data and re-importing it. So let's say you get a a new device. I wanted a way of um exporting the data and re-importing the data uh into it. So let's say I have here. I don't know, 20 rides. That was about 43 kilobytes of a JSON file. So I don't know what that would mm. be in a database, but I assume small. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then you just have one database for everything. Is that one right? database, one table, go. <laughs> one table. So, Great. <laughs> so, so my import export feature was this, Frank, which was because uh, I could, I first thought about, Ooh, Frank, what if I set up a, what if I set up like a web server and they, lo- and then Ooh. I was like, that's going to cost me money. That sounds bad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. So, Welcome so to I my said, <laughs> I said, well, I know how to read files and write files. So what if I say export the database uh, uh-huh. and I, instead of just exporting the database, I export the data in the database into a JSON file 
that is versioned. I add a little little thing in there, version one. So I know what versions of the app support different data schemes if it ever changes and it will never change, but just in case. So I, I, I send that file and say, save this file onto a disk or upload it to your cloud or to your email, mm-hmm. go to your other device and then download and re-import that file. Okay. So this is, the, this is the whole database, not just like one ride. This is the whole everything. The, the whole shebang, everything. Gotcha. And Which, then, in your case, it's just one table, though, so that you, you were being serious there. It's one table. It's one <laughs> okay. Table. Cute. <laughs> Love it. So it's just here's all the data. So go. Why do you need? Oh, I see what you're going to do. And my heart just sank. Okay. Okay. Oh, okay. Ouch. Okay. I, so, I see what's coming next, everyone. I'm scared. <laughs> so they, they pick the file and then you get an option. It says, how would you <sighs> like to import your data? You have two options, yeah. Frank. Yeah. You can. What what can you do, Frank? <laughs> let me let me say let me say. Okay, the hard part of transferring data is not transferring data. Everyone, that's easy. We solved that in 1940 or something. Oh, signal theory. It's been around. Transmitting data is a breeze. It's built into the APIs. It's built into the programming languages. You know what's not built into the APIs and what's not built into programming languages? Merging data. (laughs) That's correct, yeah. (laughs) So now you have to merge, which is a pain in the butt. If you don't design um, your protocol, your messages, your, your data tables, all that, if you don't design it, ahead of time, knowing that you're going to have to serve, solve a merge problem, well, you don't have too many options. So you can punt, punt on the merge problem, which is delete the database and Mm -hmm. reimport it, which is really where I'm afraid you're about to go. Or you could do something smarter and have like globally unique IDs, put a GUID somewhere, check if that GUID exists, only merge in, et cetera, delete things that we're in one, not in the other. You know, you do a diff and then you apply that diff. Correct. Yeah. So so I really give the user two options. One is merge with existing data and override existing data. And I was going to go with the latter as the only option. And then I said, well, what if I got a new device sort of doing rides? And then I mm-hmm. was like, oh, can I import my old data? Oh, I can. That's cool. And, and do that. So the Okay, well, now I, I know that I have a huge issue with my merge, but here's what I'm doing with my merge because the speaking to me doesn't come during the merge. So let's cliffhanger this, which is great. So <laughs> um, the merge, here's what I'm planning on it, on doing, which is taking all the data that I read from the file and adding them as new rows into the database. That's how mm-hmm. you merge. You don't need, I don't need, I'm not doing any fuzzy logic matching to be like, is yeah. this a unique D or ID or or did they start the ride at the exact same time? Although that would be yeah. smart. Yeah. Um, I'm just saying you're taking the data and you're shoving it side by side James, and done. Do, do, I have a question for you. Uh, mm-hmm. Did you work on the contacts app for Apple? <laughs> I did. I, I don't know if you know, I spearheaded an effort on, on attempting did you work to on the sync that. engine for that. <laughs> so I, Frank, Frank, I, I, I kid you not. I was inspired by the Siri contact because when Siri pops into your iMessage, Siri's like, hey, I just want to let you know I found a new photo for Frank. Mm. Oh, I found a new thing for Frank. And I said, okay, update, update, update. And then I go in there and Frank's birthday is in there 45 times. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but which, but then, you're inspired by that. You're like, look at that data duplication. That makes it solid. That, ga- that guarantees the data's there if it's duplicated in 100 spots. Because you always have the option as the user, me, to delete one of those birthdays mm. for you. Mm. 
Oh, that is so much easier than the programmer taking 15 minutes to generate a semi-unique hash of the data and do a simple existence check on the existing data. So what what you should do <laughs> is uh, you can either do entity equality or you can do structural equality. Entity equality would be your global unique identifier, and you just have a simple policy. If that GUID's not there, I add it. If it's there, I leave it alone. The other one is you take roughly a hash of your data. So, you know, you implement the get hash code for all the members of your data class. And uh, you call that, you call that on the existing data. It's a little trickier from the database perspective. You'd have to put that into the query or something. And then you can tell if it exists or not, if it does exist, whatever you can do merges. Also, I have a library out there called Listif. I highly recommend it. Uh, yeah. Okay, I, I'm making fun of you. I guess people are tolerant of duplicates. I just hate duplicates. Yeah, I could be really smart about it. Now, unfortunately for me, I do not have a GUID. I just have an integer ID, which mm-hmm. my good friend SQLite is generating for me and incrementing every single time. And that and that's unique for the database, not there. So this yeah. is good, sort of a good uh, learning lesson for me, which is it could have been interesting for me just to generate a new GUID randomly for every single one, just as a, this is a unique identifier that's not the database identifier. Yeah. Um, Auto incrementing row IDs are just so enticing. You know, you put an integer there, you give it a primary key, auto increment, and presto bango, you got a beautiful ID system Mm -hmm. that is... I don't know, is it easier or harder than having to type guid.newguid, <laughs> you know, all over the place? But the lesson I've learned, if there's even a small chance that this data is ever going to be uploaded to a server or merged in with something, this is all about merging. If you're doing like specific file formats, you don't have to worry about merge. But um, I, yeah, a, a GUID, and it doesn't even have to be a GUID. It can just be a random string. It can be literally anything, so long as it's very big and very random. <laughs> Yeah, I think that that's the the main thing that I probably need to do. That being said, I think the other thing I should do is just compare, do a comparison and say, yeah. hey, what I'm going to do is I'm going to check my database and see if anything with the exact same data exists because they can't modify the data. I mean, right. in the JSON file, they could, but, you know, like, hey, you can only do this stuff and that's it. So I do think that's probably the winner now that I'm thinking yeah. of it. Yeah. yeah, so I call those structural hashes, but you can implement it however you want. You do a dot equals function. Um, mm-hmm. If you are using SQLite.net, you'll have to write it as a SQL query. So inside your link clause, however you want that kind of stuff to work. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's a good way to go. Um, <laughs> do, do you keep a date? You know, dates are really unique. You I could, do have you, uh, a date UTC, so I think I might just query that. Yeah, that, that is basically a GUID. Um, yeah. I would be happy if something just uh, did equality comparison purely on creation date. That's fine. Yeah, because when you think about it, you know, that the the daytime UTC is down to like a milliseconds, I had assumed. Yeah. So yeah. that is probably the Less. best route that I'll do. Less than that? Uh, it's something like 100 nanoseconds. Okay, yeah. It's so that's 10, okay. That, yeah, it's, it's stupid. It's, it's accurate. <laughs> so what you're saying is not only add a date UTC into it, but also... <laughs> add a unique quid too, and you have two things. But no, that well, is it a, makes your query simple. So now you can just say if exists, blah blah blah. Um, done. Yeah, yeah. 
So that is what I'll be doing tonight uh, inside <laughs> of my application. But so that's really, this is a great strategy. I didn't think of it. And I was going to be lazy, but Frank, you've made me not lazy. So I appreciate mm -hmm. you for doing that. So let's cover the lazy because you did introduce this tweet. So I think we should at least tell people how all this ended. So let me guess, you did actually kind of start to go the lazy way. You were going to try to delete everything in the table and just add it all back. Was that the plan? Well, let me tell you what I did. But before that, let's thank our amazing sponsor this week, Syncfusion. That's right. If you need to delete a database, no, Syncfusion is not there for that. <laughs> That's what SQLite is there for. Syncfusion is there to help you build beautiful applications with the world's best UI component suite for web, desktop, and mobile applications. Listen, no matter what you need, they got you covered. Are you building an app with .NET? Are you building it with JavaScript or TypeScript or Angular or React or Java or anything? Pretty much, they got you covered. Let me just be honest with you there. I am so excited about it because I'm actually going to be doing like a webinar with them. And I built a Blazor hybrid .NET MAUI application using the Blazor Syncfusion controls inside of my .NET MAUI app, which means that means hundreds upon hundreds of controls for Blazor are available. But additionally, they have .NET MAUI controls too. So you can blend web and native controls all together. I'm talking about things like, like charts and graphs and diagrams and list box and combo boxes and cards and dash views and toasts and progress spinners and PDF viewers. They can just do everything. It's amazing. They really honestly have you covered for everything. ASP.NET, web forms, JavaScript, Angular, React, UWP, Flutter, Xamarin, WPF, WinUI, you name it. They have awesome things. They got document processing for Excel, PDF, Word, PowerPoint. They got a whole dashboard thing. And they also have this amazing UI toolkit that are easy to use templates to get up and running quickly when you're building applications. Go to syncfusion.com slash merge conflict. That's right. Syncfusion.com slash merge conflict. You can find a link in the show notes below. And thanks to Syncfusion for sponsoring this week's pod. <laughs> that was a great transition. Thank you, Syncfusion. And wow, the combinations are kind of crazy, aren't they? So mm -hmm. the, yeah, the blazer controls on top of the Maui controls. Yeah. Kind of crazy. Beautiful. Yeah. I, you know, I didn't think about it until I was working with Alon and Dan and I forget that I saw that Elon had done this demo. He just found like a random, you know, control on the internet. He's like, check this out. And now it's in the thing. And I was like, what a second. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's bananas. I mean, so that yeah. just means this entire ecosystem is available to you and they look and they perform, they scale, they do all this stuff. It's super good. Anyways, go check them out. And Let's get back to databases, Frank, because anyways, you're about to delete everything from a table. Ugh. Well, so let's talk about that second option, Frank. My second option was to override the data. Now, some may say, <laughs> well, Frank, well, James, if you do merge data, correct, why do you have override? Right? I mean, that would make sense. If, if you did the first approach, which was merge correctly, then really, there'd be really? no reason to override the data. And I say, well, I didn't think about that before this podcast, but <laughs> um, but in general, my thought process here was I was going to have one approach, which was import the data, the data goes in, your old data goes out, easy peasy, right? Because I didn't want to merge, I didn't want to think about things, it's additional logic, but I'm doing it now. But you know, let, let me interrupt because because that's totally fair. 
um, I, I think of this in terms of UI table view programming. <laughs> mm-hmm. So whenever you get new data and you want to display it in a list view, you really should do a diff and tell that list view only the minor changes that have happened to it. But you know what? Life is short. and We don't always have time to do a diff. And so you say dot reload data because unless unless it's taking more than a second, let's be honest, yeah. um, it's fine. <laughs> once once you cross a second, you know, get, get, get your act in order, do things correctly. But you have a pretty big buffer. These things run really fast. Uh, you, you have a lot of flexibility here. So honestly, I, I've been making fun, but you're, the, the simple approach is quite valid. Yeah. And then I started to go down this route and I said, okay, well, this there's got to be a you know, adding, adding the data is not too hard. There's a transactions mm-hmm. and you can start a transaction, insert a bunch of data and then, um, insert a bunch of data and then end the transaction. And I believe you even made it even easier to do. I have to, I have to look at my import export logic here. Yeah. Even better. There's a function insert all, which does the transaction for you. Yep. If you haven't used SQLite before transactions, aren't just there for safety. They really help with efficiency also. Mm-hmm. So if you were to put a bunch of inserts in a loop, they would take forever. So um, there's an insert all where you pass it a bunch of objects. Yes. And that's what I ended up finding. So I said, okay, well, let me go over here and look at this. I have this ride database and that's what I end up doing. I say, oh, wow, like this is uh, really, really cool. I'm going to go ahead and, and just insert all or whatever you just said, right? So I'm like, boom, mm-hmm. I got everything in a transaction. I'm like, wow, Frank is going to be real impressed with my logic (laughs) because I just do that. Now, the one thing I do is I also make sure that I, I set my ID to negative one. So it auto increments correctly. Um, because that would be bad. I'm not really sure. I always get scared, like inserting, I know it is insert all, but I'm not sure if it's like insert or update all, or if that's the same or if it's different. So I just make sure the right ID is negative one. But yeah, I just do insert all and then I pass in true and then boom, bingo, bango, it's one line of code. And I was like, wow, this is cool. There must be a way to also delete all because mm. I want to basically at this point, I want to delete everything and then insert a bunch of stuff because I was like, that would be cool. And then I did it and I got this little pop up, Frank, in the IntelliSense <laughs> with big, it was yelling at me. <laughs> yes. Uh, it says, it says, this is what it says. It's, 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 it's in, it's on the database object and it's called delete all async. And you pass it a, a type that you want to to delete, which is the the row. The table, it says deletes yeah. the table. Uh, yes, all the rows. It says In deletes the table. all. Yeah. It says deletes all of the objects from the specified table. And then it yells at you, warning, warning, <laughs> Let me repeat. Oof. It de- it deletes all in all caps. He could bold. He would bold it if he could. Um, yeah. The objects from the specified type type table. Do you really want to do that? And I was like, yeah, I do want to do that. And then you said databases shouldn't allow delete. Uh. And then I was <laughs> like, well, Frank, if databases shouldn't allow delete, why does your database ORM mm. have a delete all and a delete mm. a delete uh, method audit? Well, James, you're going to open this can of worms, are you? Okay, yes. we're going to go here. Uh, you know, I'm curious when I actually did add delete all, I think I resisted it for a while, mostly as a safety concern. I didn't Mm. want people like calling the wrong overload of delete or something like that, you know, just by accident. So that it was more of a safety there. 
but enough people wrote it and said, Frank, just give us a delete all. <laughs> so my response to you was databases shouldn't allow delete. And this is just a slight pet peeve of mine of the databases that we use, that we're kind of stuck with. The databases we use were developed in the 1950s, 1960s, 1970s. The algorithms were developed then. The way you access them was developed then. You know what? Back then, there was very little memory out there, and memory mm -hmm. was terribly expensive. Yeah. And so you had to make sure that you overwrote your variables, you deleted things, because you could run out of memory very fast, and memory is very expensive. True. You know what? Free these days? Memory. <laughs> Like, your database is so small, it can easily fit within, like, the cache levels of the CPU that you're using, let alone the RAM of the CPU that you're using. And so it's a little bit just of an annoyance of mine that um, databases are destructive, and that's not good for data. This is kind of coming from my functional background, too. But also, I worked in banks. And in banks, we were always worried about destroying data accidentally. Obviously, if you're running a, a good place and all that, you're not, you don't ever want to destroy data there. And your updates, that destroys data. That overwrites the column. So whatever data was there is gone forever. There's no undo in a database. There's no revisioning in a database, in these old-style databases. And once you hit delete, that object is gone forever. You cannot recover it. And so it's just this, and I think a lot of database people come to this, we call it soft delete. You put like a is deleted <laughs> column on every object, and eventually you create a revision history for every object. And eventually, eventually you create a transactional history for every object. And this is how a modern database is designed, something like Git is a write-only database. You cannot destroy data in Git. It's impossible, unless mm. you do a reset and overwrite the stuff, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> but by the semantics of the database, it is a write-only database. Nothing can be destroyed. And I think that's how uh, these systems should be built. Yeah, so we had some good comments, too, in it, which was, which was kind of cool. Clancy chimed in. He said, well, he said, it depends on the table, especially on mobile. What if it's an upload queue? Uh, like to clean up after there and i said well you know he, he he likes to but does he need to you know it's a funny ah. thing right you can easily say upload completed and leave it in the database and the way sqlite works that that it's not take it's only taking up flash space it's not taking up ram it only pulls into memory what you need into memory and so he likes to clean up it, it is a valid argument delete is totally valid if you are writing gobs and gobs of data and you um, are going to run out of space, but otherwise uh, avoid it. <laughs> yeah. Really what we're talking about is, and I think David kind of says this is like, you'd have to create an undelete, right? When you think about like, when you drag something into the recycle bin, mm. that is a soft delete, right? It is, yep. it is deleted, but it's not really gone, right? It's just in this special place that really marks it as don't show me. It's not really yeah. here, right? <laughs> invisible, it's more like, yeah. Invisible mode, right? And yeah. uh, I think Timothy also talks about acid, which uh, acid, not the acid that would hurt you, but it is atomicity, consistency, isolation, durability, a set of properties of database transaction intended to guarantee yeah. data validity, all this stuff, acid, um, which I, you know, I, I haven't really thought about acid for a long, long time. And he, you know, yeah. Timothy says, 
you know, that's kind of the D in, in acid. He's like, how can you prove you deleted the rows in a table if you actually deleted them? Yeah, but you're confusing the semantics of delete with what memory locations are used to represent that delete. Mm -hmm. Those are two totally different things. The real difference that you're saying is that there should be a Boolean flag that says mm -hmm. deleted. Yeah. <laughs> and it, or, you know, or hidden or visible or whatever. And it yeah. sets it to true or false, right? Or you create a, a, a Merkle tree like Git does, mm. where everything is rooted. And so if it doesn't exist in the tree, then it doesn't exist. It's deleted, quote, quotes around it. However, that object is still in the database because there may be a different tree out there mm. that does include that object. And the beauty of that kind of system is you get revisions also. So you get undo, you get mer you get branches, you know, you, you get all that stuff and you get a more refined merge experience because you can break your objects down to be smaller. Yeah. So as, as much as I love SQLite, it is totally convenient. It works great and all that stuff. I do in the back of my head realize like this is 1970s technology. Like we, we've done better than this. You know, I kind of wish we could just use Git as our, our uh, database for apps because Git is really good at syncing. You mm -hmm. can send up a diff, you can receive a diff, you know, you can do all this kind of stuff. And so I think that the future, we need better technology. Now, a little bit of that is different if you're, if you're like a web developer and you have a server and the server is the source of truth. Yeah. But in a distributed world where maybe someone has like five exercise equipments, each one with five different devices, and they want them to sync all into one database, it becomes a much harder problem. Yeah, I, I think that ma does make a lot of sense. The only issue I really see with not deleting it fully, right? And, and maybe you have a solution for this. If Like the Boolean solution kind of gets complicated because you then have to ensure that all of your queries to the database yeah. don't, accidentally pull back visible data. And I could see that being a little complicated over time. Although if you were to move data from one table into another table, like a shadow table, mm -hmm. then that would maybe solve it. Cause you always want to query like a source of truth. So I, like, that's the one thing I, I think in Clancy scenario, it's very simple, right? Which is a, Hey database, what things haven't been uploaded yet done. Yeah. Right. And then go right. But I imagine the scenario where it's like, hey, I have a lot of, <laughs> you know, data and, 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 and a lot of queries throughout this application and a lot of developers are working on it. That could be someone can make a mistake. Yes, you're 100 percent right. But at the same time, I have yet to see an enterprise system that doesn't employ this technique because the auditability is much more worth it. The revision history is much more worth it. If you're doing contracts with a company, you want to be able to see what was the contract last year versus what it is this year. Paper so I think all, all enterprise developers are probably rolling their eyes right now. They're like, James, you have no idea. We have 22 status columns and you got to like come up with the right combination to know whether it should be displayed in this UI or that UI because the, the alternative is to this is duplication uh, where you have like archive tables or something like that or you delete the data and then now you're not auditable now you can't yeah. go see what was the status last year versus this year that makes sense i think Plus, i th 
Yeah, sorry. Uh, and also just in favor of the immutability of how a database should work, corporations, large enterprises like this, they have giant databases, huge, just just mind bendingly large amounts of RAM and storage is involved with it. But I tell you, 99% of that are copies of each other. And they're copies of each other because everyone is afraid of stepping on each other people's toes, of mm. accidentally deleting the data or doing something like that. Yeah. If you had a write-only database, it can share nodes, just like Git can share objects throughout uh, commits. And so there's a lot of efficiencies to be gained. I don't know why. I'm just, I just want to make it clear that write-only databases make a ton of sense, especially in a distributed world. You heard of people write only databases. That's all we should ever create. I mean, uh, I, most of my applications have only ever been write only anyways. So <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking about yeah. it now. Yeah. It, it's an extra mm -hmm. step. And if you don't get the benefits of it, then don't bother. Yeah. Um, like your, your merge is pretty simple. That that's yeah. fine. Uh, if you're doing something weirder, like maybe real time merging or something like that, you know, if you're doing something more like a game where diffs matter, then it'd be different. But, you know, keep it simple. I'm a big fan of keep it simple. So <laughs> again, if the delete all insert works, that's fine. Make sure to run that in a transaction, everyone. Please, please do not run delete all and then insert because who knows what can happen between those two. Run that in a transaction so it happens safely. Yes. Uh, or be smarter and uh, do an e equality merge. And if you want to be really fancy, do a diff merge. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I think I'm gonna I think I might trim it down just to merge the data and that's it because it'll be fine. Um, it'll yeah. work good. Yeah, and just make sure you throw exceptions if anything go bad goes wrong because that's your way of preventing the data because all that's going to run inside of a transaction, and mm -hmm. so as long as that transaction completes, the data will be uh, in, 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 integral integrated. It'll be uh, it'll have integrity. Yeah, so that'll be good. Yep, that makes sense. Cool. I like it. I like it a lot. I'm all sad right, cool. you won't get to use the delete all. And I should say, uh, I need to up my game a little. I'm noticing a lot of people are using emoji in their XML comments these days. Mm -hmm. And I think my warnings need to turn into like actual sirens or something. Oh, totally. I mean, I put emoji everywhere and let's just be honest about Do it. You? Although my, my windows dot key on my machine doesn't mm -hmm. work. What? You broke um, it? It works on my Windows 11 machine, but I can't figure out how to get it's broken on my Windows 10 machine and I can't figure out and I no one else seems to be experiencing this except for me. Oh, no. And it works on my Mac, which is which is a terrible combo because it's like command control command, command space. space. Yeah, it's terrible. Uh, <laughs> Windows dot makes a lot more sense or semicolon. But I can't. I tried every regit. I try all these hacks. If anybody's experiencing this, by the way, please let me know on Twitter. If you tech support, <laughs> so Windows dot brings up the emoji window and it's fantastic. And I cannot get it to work. Something broke on my machine and I, I, can't, I didn't do anything. Right? It's every profile. It's not just like a profile where I'm like, oh, I turned it off because you can't just turn it off unless you go to the reg edit. And I'm not, I'm not randomly hitting up my reg edit very, you know, very often. But um, anyways. Please let me know if you're experiencing this issue because I need your help. Those are the most frustrating. I, I feel for you, man. I hope I hope it gets resolved. Yeah. One day. Cause it's because what I'm doing now is I have to go to Emojipedia. Oh my and God. then I have to go find my emoji. And then I have to go and <laughs> copy it and then bring it over. <laughs> it's real bad. People help me. How do people yes. 
live without the emoji window? I don't actually know. Seems impossible. Mm-hmm. There's a whole button for it on the iPad. I just push the button. Push the button. I Yeah, maybe there's a button. Maybe there's a, some extension I can install. All right, I'm going to make more coffee. Everybody, <laughs> please write in. Episode 300 is coming up. Thanks to our sponsor, Sync Fusion, this week. Don't delete anything ever. That is what Frank is saying and telling you to do. And uh, I guess I'm going to go fix my code. So thanks, Frank. I really appreciate it. Actually, I learned a lot this episode, and you're making my app better. This episode, it only took six years, but (laughs) you, Frank, made my applications better every single day, and especially this one and this feature. So thank you very much. I just love talking about databases. We could go on for another four hours. You should get my feelings on on insert or update. (laughs) Oh, actually, I do have a lot of questions, but we're going to have to save that for another day because this has been Merge Conflict. I'm James Montemagno. And I'm Frank Krueger. Thanks for listening. Peace. Peace.